Hello, my name is Ned. Today is September 7th, 2021, and these are my five things. Number one, the race not run. As you may remember, I was supposed to run the Run for the River Half Marathon on Saturday. Friday was my birthday. Yes, thank you. I appreciate all your love. And when I went to pick up the bib on Friday, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it. When I was at lunch with my father and my partner and my brother on Friday, I mentioned I wasn't feeling it. At dinner, I wasn't sure I wanted to do it and mentioned it. But it wasn't just Friday. I'd reached out to a friend saying that had I known how my schedule was going to free up, I would have gone away this weekend regardless of the race. But at dinner, I made the mistake of having an espresso after my meal. Meaning that at 1.30 in the morning, I was still awake and it was way too late for me to run a race, but the alarm was still set for 4.30. I woke up with about 10 minutes to go on my alarm and I just sat there waiting for the alarm to go off and start my day, like you do. 4.30, the alarm goes off. I get up and go to use the restroom, like you do. As I'm leaving the restroom in my groggy condition, I stubbed my toe on the wall. We've had this bathroom for eight years now, and I have not once stubbed my toe on that wall. I screamed an expletive, and then I got back into bed where I texted a group of my loved ones this. I woke up, got out of bed, stubbed my toe. That is the universe telling me not to run today. I'm going back to bed. Sometimes the universe doesn't want me to run. I'm still recovering from my surgery in May. I'm not in great shape. I'm really not in great shape. And I have a race that I have to do in 17 days. Oh, goodness. 17 days. So there's that. I was discussing the Rock the Ridge 50 miler with my friend Ashley over text, and she asked how my training was going. I responded that my plan is probably going to be to hike it. I don't know if I can hike it right now. And that scares me a little. Do you know why more women than men finish ultramarathons by percentage? It's because women are less likely to be undertrained and more likely just not to start the race if they're not ready. I don't want another DNF on this race, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess we'll figure it out. Number two, random playlists from Spotify. As I didn't have a race to run on Saturday, it was a lot of time spent reading and playing a video game, which I'll get to later. And I put it on Spotify. Largely using Spotify because I bought some new music to run my race on Saturday. Well, new music in terms of repurchased music that I've had for years. I bought a bunch of Nirvana, so I had four hours of Nirvana to listen to on my phone as part of training and the warm-up and running the race, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Or fortunately, depending on how you feel about the first item on this list. And I didn't want to spend the rest of my afternoon listening to Nirvana, so I put on Spotify. And there were a bunch of custom playlists that Spotify had generated for me, including what they thought were my top songs in the summer, songs that I've listened to on repeat. There was a lot of Genesis there. And then my top 100 songs of years ago. I went down the path of listening to my top 100 of 2016. It was wonderful. It was a delightful evening. Not to go all Casey Kasem, but it was a fun journey into the past. 
I know that Spotify is problematic in the way that they pay their artists, and I'm not saying that they're not, and I'm not saying that if you don't have a Spotify account that you should sign up for a Spotify account today. What I'm saying is that if you already have Spotify and you already pay for albums and concert tickets and merch and support your artists, then you go on Spotify and check out these custom playlists. It was fun to hear music that I'd forgotten about. It was a nice way to spend part of the weekend reading, playing video games, and listening to music that I like. As an aside to that, Lori and I spent time on Friday coming up with dueling 90s playlists. Is there any interest for me to put these up on Spotify? Let me know, send me a message, or hit me up on Twitter. Number three, Civilization VI. In 1994, I bought my first modern desktop. It was an Apple. It was really kind of cool. One of the things that made me fall in love with it was the ability to play a couple of very specific games. One was SimCity, and the other was Civilization. I introduced Civilization to my family members. My uncle loved it as well. Before my uncle passed away, one of the things that he would enjoy doing was sitting and playing Civilization for hours. He had a machine that is still outstandingly productive. He used it as a gaming room. He used it to play Civilization VI, largely, so everything looked great. My brother has a similar rig, and he's still able to play all the games as they come out. Anyway, playing it makes me remember my youth and remember family members. And recently, I put it back on my iPad. I was looking for something to do as a distraction for the world, from the world. And I thought, why not Civilization? I paid for it. It seemed like a shame that I wasn't using it. And now I remember why I took it off the iPad. It's such a lovely time suck. I don't even want to get into the screen time statistics that Apple gives you every week because I'm embarrassed. I mean, yes, I was doing other things like listening to music or listening to the Mets games or doing chores that were in discrete segments so I could come back to the game, like laundry. But I played a lot of this game. I said I'm embarrassed, but I'm not. It's such a great game. The Civilization games have always been great and wonderful time sucks, and 6, especially on the iPad, is no different. I like the world creation games. They make me happy. They make me think. And I like that there's no fixed ending aside from fulfilling one of the requirements. The game could end quickly, or the game could go long. It's just a wonderful game. Play it if you have it. Number four, the podcast, the Mets, and the future of baseball. I sang the praises of the podcast with Joe Posnanski and Michael Schur before. They've done an excellent job of keeping me entertained for two years now. I came late to the game. Back in January, they did an emergency podcast and discussed the hiring of Tony La Russa as the White Sox manager. They've done a couple of emergency podcasts since then. They did a new one that was released yesterday, September 6th. And they were talking about the state of baseball. They talked about it for about an hour and a half. 20 minutes of it is dedicated to the New York Mets. You know, there's a very funny way that they describe the problems with this team. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I love the Mets. And the Mets have won seven out of the last ten games. We're back in the playoff race. But what they said when they recorded on September 3rd is not wrong. 
the most interesting discussion was about Theo Epstein, the architect of the Red Sox and Cubs World Series wins, and that he may or may not have been brought into the discussion of Mets management by the new owner, Stephen Cohen, affectionately known as Uncle Steve, and what that would mean. The point being that he would never work for Uncle Steve, not because Steve is an evil man, though Michael Schur believes him to be so, but because Theo would require a level of autonomy that wouldn't be available to him as president of the Mets. And he would be really expensive. There was a discussion of Epstein requiring an ownership stake, which may or may not be unprecedented. I'm not sure. I'm unaware of the precedent. Also on the podcast was Joe Posnanski's interview with Nick Davis, who is a director and has a four-part documentary coming up on the ESPN 30 for 30 series called Once Upon a Time in Queens, which is about the 1986 New York Mets. These Mets were the last Mets team to win a World Series. There's a classic book about the team called The Bad Guys Won, which I've tried to find for Lori. They were a cast of characters, not good characters. There's an argument to be made that they were the bad guys, and I fell in love with this baseball team, which does not say a lot about me because I was 12, and 12-year-olds do weird things. Michael Shore was a little bit younger than me when this happened, and it had a profound effect on his life. He's not a fan of the 1986 Mets. I look forward to the 30 for 30 series, and you should listen to the podcast especially if you want to hear what they have to say about baseball. Number five, the saga of the shed. Back in April, I ordered a new shed. It was to be delivered and installed on May 26th. On May 24th, my son came over and helped us take down the old shed. The old shed came down because Mario from Backyard Products in Glenmont, New York, had told us that the shed had to come down before our new one was installed. Mario then called on Monday morning and told us the shed was not going to be installed because it was not in stock. He then said the new shed would be delivered on June 16th. The 16th of June came and went without a shed because Mario didn't have workers to come and install it. He then said on July 2nd. He called on July 2nd and said, my guy hasn't shown up, it'll be here on the 6th. This is when I started my process of getting out of this deal. I went to the Home Depot, where I had purchased the shed, and talked to the nice people. They were wonderful and helpful, and I was told what would happen. July 6th came and went, and Mario called and said the shed wasn't going to be installed, and I lost it. I screamed at him. There's no other words to say than, I lost it. It took another two weeks, but we ended up being able to have that transaction canceled. Never use backyard products, especially the Glenmont, New York office. Anyway, we ordered another shed from BJ's. The shed arrived a week later than expected, largely because you can't get a tractor tailor down into my cul-de-sac, but it was delivered. It's here, and our handyman, Randy, who is awesome, was supposed to install it last week. Then he wasn't supposed to install it on Monday, and now he's supposed to install it on Thursday. Randy has had to cancel, and for perfectly understandable reasons. And I'll be honest with you, I felt a little guilty about someone coming and doing this type of work on Labor Day anyway. But it looks like our shed's going to be installed on Thursday, and I'm so happy. I've had the outdoor shower ready since June. I've had the lighting, nice solar lighting, ready to be installed for months. I'm just so looking forward to getting our stuff off the porch and into the shed. 
especially because it means we get to put up wood. So Thursday, the shed. Pray for Mojo. And those were my five things. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out to me on social media at EWAbbott or on my website, www.ewabbott.com. Be well, be safe, be happy.